Hey, Afronauts, I'm K.O. Bird. And I'm Chelsea Gayton, and we're your hosts for The Hero's Journey, where we sit down with emerging Black writers in the speculative fiction space. Our hero today is Tony DeBaggio. Tony is a civil engineer, digital marketer, and the author of In the Shadow of Ruin, which is book one in his The Fractured Kingdom series. Thanks for joining us today, Tony. Thank you for having me. All right, Tony, let's jump straight into your book because I looked it up and it sounds dope. Can you tell us a little bit about In the Shadow of Ruin? Yeah, sure. So it's a a West African inspired novel. Um, So I don't know how much of of my background you know, but I actually lived in Nigeria for some time. So during my period living there, I obviously got accustomed to the culture and the heritage there and the way people live and most importantly, the folklore and all the mythology surrounding the countries. So I always had the intention to try and put that into a book. So that's what I've tried to do in The Shadow of Ruin. And it's really just talking about Nigerian culture and history and trying to weave that into a story that will be, you know, enticing to people and will make people want to start reading and, and learn more about the culture and everything else. So. Yeah, that's, that's the beginning of the book. Um, just diving a little bit deeper into the book, it's mainly about a king who he rules like an ancient city, uh, a factual city. The name of the city is actually a real city in Nigeria that goes back in history. And he is um, under threat by his half-brother who's been banished from the land and has now come back to try and take the throne from him. Um, the half-brother's mother is also a witch, so there's a bit of black magic and <laughs> yeah. a lot of superstition surrounding these characters, and it really follows the journey of this king trying to preserve his kingdom and his heritage and how he goes about it, basically. Uh, but it's it's a very multi-layered book. There's so many characters, there's so many uh, things about tribes, about tradition, like I said earlier. So, yeah, it, it talks about a lot. Man, that sounds so awesome. Yeah, really cool, really cool. And you're right about like drawing people in to learn more about West Africa because as I was like reading through the description, I was like, I need to get this book now. Like, (laughs) that's what's up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, it's like I said, it's it's got a lot of history. So I think the main piece is the awareness piece because a lot of people still don't know about mythology. You hear so much about things like Zeus, and all the Greek mythology and all that stuff and African gods kind of get left out. So this is my my sort of give back everyone for them to get excited and get to know these characters and get to know the people and yeah, bring it to the forefront. That's what I'm trying to do. Man, we've talked about this a couple of times and like mm-hmm. we haven't dug into it yet, but we've wondered about like African mythology and how come it's not as prominent as like Greek mythology or Roman yep. mythology. And- but it's still so rich and you just don't, you just don't hear about it. That's it. That's, that's exactly it. So this is, this is what I'm, that's, that's my mission to try and bring it forward so people can actually get to know these, these gods and, and know what they're like. And there's, there's so many parallels you can draw from the ancient Greek gods and the Roman gods, like you said. And once you once you get to know them, you can see that they're, they're basically the same people, just with different names. And that's that's what a lot of people don't know, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've thought about that before because a lot of times when people go into fantasy and they have like gods and fantasy, they'll draw from that Greek mythology. I'm like, yeah. man, what 
if I don't want to? What if I don't want these old white gods that I, I want to draw from? I need to know some more about these uh, African gods, but I don't always know about them. So I love that you're exploring that. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So I have a question for you. So when did yeah. you start writing? So it's been a long time in the making. I started in 2017, um, but my writing process has just been all over the place. So that's probably why it took me so long. It took me three years. Um, so like I said, I used, I used to live in London and I recently moved out of London into Kent, which is about an hour away, but I still work in London. So I commute into the city every time. And while I was commuting on the train, I, I tend to just write in my phone. So that's how I actually started writing the book. So like I say 60% of it was written on my phone, like back wow. and forth to work. So that's, that's probably why it took so long. So yeah. Did you do any writing before before this book? No, I didn't. This is really? first attempt. Yep, first wow. attempt. <laughs> that's impressive. And then <laughs> writing on the train too. That that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, but I think I always had a passion for writing because I love reading anyway. I've, I've always liked reading from a young age, and like from my my profession being a civil engineer, we're always writing reports and essays and things like that. So I kind of have the the writing ability, but it's transitioning into storytelling. And I think I get that from the books that I've read that's inspired me. So that sort of put me on the path really to writing a novel. Wow, did you like look up any uh, resources or did you just start writing? Like you said, you're writing on your phone. You just think, let me just put this, you know, I put these ideas down. How did you? Yeah, pretty much. So I, I, had, I had a few ideas here and there that I never put, put down on paper. Um, and obviously from the books I've read, a lot of inspiration from there and also drawing from my background, my time in Nigeria. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of what prompted me a bit. And then I, I just jot down ideas on my phone. And then I started realizing that this is a lot of information that I've actually got, so I can probably make something out of it. So I started like writing a lot more on the phone and trying to construct the sentences and chapters and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it's a book. So it was it was a slow process, but it started to build gradually. And yeah, it's it's yielded this piece of work that I've created. Did you write in like chronological order or did you like because I imagine like jumping around would probably be hard, especially if you're writing off of a phone. So did you just write yeah. it straight from beginning to end? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So I always tend to start with a uh chapter title and that's that's what I begin with and then that forms the basis of of the context for that particular chapter so if I don't have a chapter title then I'm lost pretty much so I need to figure out what the title is and then from there I, I begin to build gradually but yeah from the beginning right the way through but as you can imagine a lot of editing because on the phone, it's just, yeah, yeah. it doesn't work too great. I'd get that so That was going to be my next question, because I was yeah. like, there's no way you could edit it on that phone. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that would be a lot. It's interesting that you said that you need the chapter title in order to get started like that. So basically, it's an outline or sort yeah. of, but how are you naming your chapters? Because if the chapter title informs it, like, what are your names like? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one, because um, I think... So basically I had ideas here and there of, of the order of the book. So the order of the chapters and what story I want to tell at a particular point in the book. But 
I had to think about what suits that particular, um, so say for instance, a chapter, what, what, would, what would define that chapter? So I, I would think, cause I've already got a background in my mind of what I want it to be kind of thing. So I'll just try and look for a name that suits it. And I, I'll end up playing with two or three titles until I get the one I want. And then from there, then it, it sort of feeds the bigger picture. So it's like a pyramid, pyramid effect actually um it starts at the top and then from there it just starts to cascade down and then i can formulate new ideas and just build on it that way so that's that's what i've done that's very cool that is i love hearing everyone's different unique um process yeah mm. everybody has their own different like because i i do like summaries like chapter summaries because that's yeah. kind of help keeps me organized but like chapter titles it makes it kind of similar hmm. that's funny i don't have any chapter titles at all and now I'm sitting there thinking about what would it be like to have chapter titles. I'm the person that just does one, two, three, four. <laughs> like I keep it blank. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Like you said, everybody's got a different process. So it's whatever works for you, really. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Tony, you're self-published, correct? I am, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your self-publishing journey? Like how you arrived there and like was it hard? Was it easy? What are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could go on for, for a few hours on this on this one. But yeah, so I didn't initially intend to be self-published. I, I wanted to go the traditional route like everybody would, um, understandably. So I once I finished the book, got it professionally edited, um, then I started querying. So I went out to, I'd say, about 50 different agencies, um, both in the UK and the US, even some in like Australia. Um, but the process was just so long and I think I'm, I'm a very impatient person. I just wanted to, <laughs> I get that. to see, because it took me three years just to finish it. And I wasn't about to wait another, I don't know, a year or two. So I started educating myself on self-publishing and trying to figure out, uh, what it's all about, read a lot of books and see what other people, other self-published authors have done their journey and, I think I actually got one full request from uh, a literary agent. I'm not going to mention them, but um, they liked the book. They loved the book actually when they read the synopsis and they were like, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then weeks were just going by and I was just constantly looking at my phone, trying to refresh my emails. And I think oh, yeah. I just started to get anxious. And I just thought, why am I doing this to myself? Because I have the means to self-publish. And like I said, I had to educate myself and I thought, that I'd rather just do it myself, you know, win or lose, it's, it's in my hands. So I just decided to bite the bullet and just, just do it. And I've been lucky. I've got a lot of friends that are supportive and I, I know a few self-published authors. So they sort of guided me along the way. Um, but it's a lot of learning. I'm still learning, uh, but it's, it's, it's turned out quite well and like I said there's there's a lot of resource that's out there that people can tap into that can assist on the journey so it, it it's all down to how much time and effort the individual tends to put into it I think that determines the success of your book and I've just knuckled down and said I'm gonna do it myself and yeah that's that's what I'm doing so yeah we're we're, we're going we're, we're, we're moving <laughs> that's cool and you just released it right Right. Yeah, so it came out, it actually first published on the 13th of March, but I took it off because, like I said, still learning. So I took it off Amazon as soon as I put it on because I wasn't really ready. 
was trying to test the water sort of thing. And then I republished it officially on the 20th of March. That's nice, man. Okay, so I saw that um, you got it hardcover, paperback, you got ebook and audiobook now, right? Then the audiobook yeah. just came out. I'm like, dang, like <laughs> you're doing it all. So for those people who think that um self-publishing is not the same, you know, route as traditional, it's not as good, you're proving them wrong. Like you can have an audiobook and everything out there. How how hard was that process to get it all the way there? That so I started off obviously with the ebook and the paperback. Um, then the hardback came, I think, uh, maybe three or four weeks after the paperback, which was fairly straightforward. Well, I say it's fairly straightforward. It wasn't actually because it's using different publishers. So the paperback and ebook was with Amazon. Then the hardback was with Ingram Spark. So there's, there's two completely different processes. So you have to sort of uh. navigate through them. But with the ebook, I'm um, sorry, the audiobook. Um, it's through AECX and that was a, a long process because you have to sort of get people to audition for it and you have to find the right voice and someone that will really tell the story how you want it to be heard. So it was, it took a while to find someone that I was comfortable with enough to tell my story. Um, but once you get the person, then it was pretty pretty straightforward after that. So yeah, it, it was hard to start with, but I think, like I said, if you're determined and, and you just, you, you know you have to do it, especially if you're doing it yourself, then you just go for it. You know, just roll up your sleeves and just do it. So that's what I've, I've done. So do you have any like tips or suggestions for any of our listeners or, or writers who are considering the self-publishing route? Any tips for them? Yeah, sure. So I think the most important thing is obviously believe in your story and believe in it 100%. If you believe your story is worth telling and worth sharing with the world, then that's the very first thing. Then obviously going to the technical, technical bits, you have to get a professional editor. That's probably the most important investment you can ever make. Um, also get it proofread. Those are two important things. And then also invest some time and money in um, getting a good uh, artist, so cover design, because obviously that's the first thing people see. So I think those are the three key things. If you get a good um, editor, uh, a proofreader, and get your cover design sorted, those are the most important things. The book will sell itself if, they're, if, if you've done your work. So that's, I think those are, that's the main advice. But the other thing I would tell people is it's a, it's a difficult journey. Um, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. But like I said, if you believe in your story, then just go for it. Forget about what people say. Forget about reviews. Just, you know, tunnel vision. And just go for what you believe in. Have you been able to ignore reviews? Like, do you like avoid <laughs> Amazon and Goodreads? How, how do you do that? Well, I... I have to admit, I, I haven't been able to. I mean, sometimes yeah. I do, but I've, I've been lucky, I have to say, because on Amazon, all the reviews are good. They've, they've all been five-star. They're not a lot. They're all five-star. But on Goodreads, it's still like 4.3%. So the majority of the people that have read and reviewed it, they've either rated it a five or a four. So nice. I'm happy with that. Awesome. So people do like it. So yeah, there is hope for me. 
Yeah, group dates can be brutal, man. Like I can't even imagine. I, I I keep thinking about when that day comes, how I'm gonna avoid it. I'm like, I might need to log out, like promote it, and then log out and not look. It's gonna be hard. I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna have to get somebody hard. else to do it for me. <laughs> like I can't. I want to filter through your uh, comments and they only give you the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you're as as an author, I think you're bound to have some bad reviews, regardless of how how good your book is. So you just have to prepare yourself for it. I think that's it. That's so true because I, I know that even like people that I love, they always have like, you know, really bad reviews. And then some people I'll read a book and I'll be like, oh, I didn't like this. And I'm not going to go in there and like give them two stars, but someone's giving them five. So there's always someone that loves yeah. a book and someone that doesn't. It's just not for them. And exactly. That's yeah. just how it is as an author. Like there's yeah. going to be someone that doesn't like your book, but. No, definitely. Because it's subjective at the end of the day. So everybody's got a different opinion. You know, you can't cater to everybody's everybody's likes or dislikes. So yeah. Yeah. Now, are you already working on the sequel? I've started, but not not fully. Um, I think I'm still sort of trying to market my book and trying to get word oh, yeah. out there. But in the background, I am starting to, like I said, think about the chapter titles, so I can <laughs> so I can start filling them in. But yeah, slowly. But I'll, I'll probably like really focusing it in about a month or two but for now i'm still trying to get word out on my book um still trying to contact a few people and reviewers and enter as many awards as i can and yeah just get the message out there nice are you still writing on train rides to london well i haven't been i haven't actually been into london for almost a year i'm about to say because of the pandemic huh yeah yeah so, so what it's... happened to all your writing time well, I was writing time. <laughs> it's gone. He needs a train again. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, now you got to figure out when you're gonna write like at home. Yeah. Well, it's, nighttime is probably the best around this time. This is when it's quiet, and I can nice. really like do do work. So yeah. All right. So are you looking forward to your commute again or no? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's funny i had a 40 minute commute one time for two years and i was driving and i hated it after a while i just absolutely hated it and i wish that i was on a train so i could do exactly yeah. what you're talking about i'm like man this is so much valuable writing time that i'm giving up and that's when i started like listening to craft books and listening to like writing podcasts i'm like i'm at least gonna learn if i can't be writing right, right now because like that's such a long time to be sitting in the car so it is yeah. i'm kind of jealous of that <laughs> yeah you gotta um, fill commute time with with something valuable for real you do okay yeah, so we're talking about like writing from home what's your secret to like work-life balance and writing yeah it's it's a it's a juggling act definitely there is no balance right that's <laughs> not really you just just make time where you can there's no there's no structure to it well you can try but well for me anyway everybody's different but it's difficult especially when you've got your children you know you've got family life so you have to try and balance everything and and share yourself you know equally um but I think generally it's nighttime, so around nine o'clock nine onwards that's when I tend to do stuff like write or research or whatever it is so that's that's sort of the time I use for that purpose nice do yeah. you do you have any other books in your head or do you just have the series right now? For now, just the series. Yeah, I haven't I haven't thought that far ahead. 
Gotcha. Maybe I should start, but yeah, the series. I, I plan to write three in total for the series, so there's there's still quite a long road to go for this one. So yeah. Has fantasy always been your favorite genre, or have you uh, had others that you like? It's a mix. I like I like historical fiction. I, yeah, I, I have read quite a bit of historical fiction. I think that's probably my favorite, followed by fantasy. Um, but yeah, I also like a, maybe a thriller every now and again. Um, but yeah, I'd say mainly it's historical fiction and fantasy. Do you nice. remember like the first book you read that really captured you, that really inspired you? Yes, I do actually. Um, yeah, it's a book called Things Fall Apart by Chinue Achebe. So he's a Nigerian author. Um, I think that was the first book that I can remember that really, really spoke to me. Yeah, this is going back so long now. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you said you lived in Nigeria for a little bit, right? How long were I you did. there? For about 11 years. Okay, so it was a significant portion of your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so from the age of six to 17. Gotcha, okay. Oh, wow, yeah. That's yeah. really like 400 years. Like, that must have had a huge impact on you. It did, it really did, yeah. So, yeah, I've um, I've got three siblings, so we all grew up there, well, for that period. So it was, it was, it was a, an interesting experience, uh, just being thrown into something completely different from living in the UK, and having to adapt and go to school there and you know navigate through so many things especially at that age and yeah it's it definitely you know molded me into the person I am um but yeah it was it was a great experience really really good experience now does London have like a robust Nigerian community because I always feel like I hear and see about a lot of Nigerians in London there are there are quite a few so there's a place called Peckham. That's like Lagos, pretty much. That's where really most of the Nigerians are. But okay. they're pretty much spread out. I think Nigerians are—you can find them everywhere. They're they're absolutely everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that must be cool to like have a community within like your community while you're mm -hmm. there. And so I always wonder what it's like being black in the UK versus like being black in the US and. Uh, if you if you haven't lived in both places, I know it's hard to like try to make a comparison. But mm. there's always the U.S. brothers over here and sisters that are like, oh, over there in England, they have it good. <laughs> I don't I don't know. How the grass is greener, right? The like, grass is how, always uh, greener. That's how we always think. Like anyone I talk to that's even visited, like I've been to London a few times, they're like, oh, we could go live in London, and people be like, no, nah, it ain't perfect here. No place ain't perfect. <laughs> no, it's not perfect. It's not because I've got a brother that actually lives in Dallas, so I've been to oh, okay. Dallas quite a few times and obviously he's lived there for I don't know 15 years or something so I sort of understand and he's lived actually because he used to live in the UK before he moved out there so he's seen both sides and obviously with conversations with him there's a very big difference between being black here and being black there um, obviously over where you guys are it's all out in the open but over here it's all over in the uh, sense oh that's so interesting that's that's the that's the difference yeah, you say you're living in Dallas, so then you're right here in Texas. He gets to see it all. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> we um, 
it's not really a joke, but you know how it is when you joke about these things. You're like, do we want the overt racism or the covert? Like, I, I, sometimes it's good that you like. Do we want it to be though. loud or right? Like, <laughs> go ahead, and hang that Confederate flag. Now I know where you live at. I'm not gonna go by yeah. your house. Right? It's all good. <laughs> now I know to avoid you. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so, cool. so your brother does get to compare the two, and he gets to see the difference. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 very different from what I understand. Um, but again, I think I think there's racism everywhere. There's, you, you can't you can't escape it. I think, which is a shame, but that's just the reality. In your in your book, do you address racism at all? Like, is it involved in your book, or is it like um, like are there is it multiracial? Yeah, not, not, yeah, yeah, not exactly racism because it's, it's obviously that all Nigerians are all from the same country, but classism. So you've got the uh. royals. Um, and then you've got the uh, the others other than royals. So there's there's a, a divide um, that's that's very clear. Uh, so I do tackle that, uh, not so much, but there there are subtle hints of it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, that's that's what I've done. I know we've been talking about this lately. If you have a world in which everyone is black, like, do you still? touch on those things or do you leave it out because that's not there and, and classism makes sense that you know that's always going to be in every area but you don't necessarily have like other races that are imposing their racism on people right so that's not happening in your book right no no because okay. it's all pre-colonial it's it's right. okay. it's ancient so it's before any of that you know um but like i said the classism is it's clear it's clear that gotcha love it that's cool chelsea any other questions for him i don't think so i just i'm really looking forward to like looking up this book and getting more into it sounds like it might be a future black spectacle rex <laughs> oh yes so yeah. chelsea is always looking for those she's always looking for more books to read so that's awesome i know i was like i need to get me a physical copy but then once i saw audiobook i was like uh-oh it, yeah <laughs> Like that's what we're always talking about. We're always, always listening to audiobooks. And I'm like, yeah, this brother did it right. Like he's got the audiobook. That's cool. Do you think you'll ever try to like go traditional publishing at one point, or do you just think you'll stick with self-publishing? I think it, it all depends on how well I do with this book. I think if it if it garners the recognition and and you know it gets a, a big following, then who knows? But I think for now, I'm okay with the fact that it's independent. I'm like I said, I'm still learning, still learning my craft, um, definitely. And there's always room for improvement. But I wouldn't say no. But yeah, I'll just I'll just see how it goes and see where it takes me. Is marketing tough? Like, how's the marketing part? Because it's just you, right? Like out there, where is it word of mouth? How are you doing that? Well, yeah, it's it's me and, and two other friends of mine. So nice. these are like, uh, you know, childhood friends that they're really invested in the story and, and, and they want to see it succeed. So I'm very lucky in that respect um, to have these guys up behind me. So it's 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 pretty much word of mouth. That's I think that's the main one. But we through all of us, we all have different connections and we know different people. So we're trying to spread the word that way. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of word of mouth, but with some support from, from others. 
It's awesome that you have people in your corner. Yeah, that's really awesome. Definitely. Now, now we get to hype it up as well. <laughs> really? No, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. It's just interesting. When I first started out, and um, I just knew I was going to do self-publishing and not traditional. Like, from the get-go, it's like, now I'm going to self-publish. I'm not going to do traditional. And then I took a writing class, and my writing mentor was like, try traditional. I'm like, I don't want to do all that. Because I saw what you're saying, people taking like a year or two to find an agent, then while to get on submission, and then like two years before your book come out. And it seemed like so much. I'm like, I don't want to do that. And now I'm doing that. And so it's just funny <laughs> because, you know, you're saying how you couldn't wait for your book to come out. And that's how I kind of feel. I'm like, I need someone to pick up my book. But then I know, it's going to be like 2023 before that mug come out. And yeah. like, <laughs> you're probably going to have your trilogy done by then. Like, I'm going to have to play catch up. So it's yeah, God willing. But at the end of the day, like I said, everybody's different and everybody's yeah. in a different journey. You can't compare your your journey to someone else's. It It's all down to, you know, you as an individual and where you see your book going and the direction you want your book to take. And I think... A, a plus about having it come out in 2023 is that gives you enough time to sort of understand the industry and promote your book because I think that's one uh, actually this is another advice that I should have said is promotion before the book comes out because I just sort of just did it and then figured everything out after the book was out but I think you really need to start way before your book comes out and try and get the word out there and you know tap into the market and see what people think and and see the kind of things people would like and then incorporate that into your writing so yeah so you got plenty of time to do all of that so yeah it's an advantage in a way <laughs> so build the anticipation is what you're saying exactly. get the audience ready for it to come out yeah that's it how long of an on-ramp would you say that someone should leave? Like two to three months, six months, longer? How long, if you like for the next one, how long are you gonna start, how early are you gonna start marketing it? I think I'll start definitely before the end of the year. So I think towards October, November, that's when I'll start. Um, so maybe put out a few excerpts from the book and you know, little bits and pieces like that. and maybe even release the first chapter. So like people that subscribe to my um, my website, I'll release a chapter for them just to, you know, get them, get them excited and they might talk about it to their friends and yeah, just try and build that anticipation that way. So yeah, definitely before the year's out, I think I'll, I'll go into it. Nice, nice. Man, thank you for being with us here today. Like this was- no, Thank you for great. having me. Oh, yeah. For real, really cool. Really cool talking to you and learning more about like self-publishing because I like know absolutely nothing about self-publishing. So it was awesome hearing hearing your journey and your story. So oh, where can our um oh thank you. Yeah. So where can our listeners find you on like social media or your website? Yeah, so I'm I'm old school, but I'm trying to figure out my way around social media. So I'm 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 pretty much on the main ones. So Twitter, Instagram, uh Goodreads, you can find me. Facebook, yes, but I'm not really on there too much. I'm, yeah, I'm not really that inclined, but... Many of us aren't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do you have many... um, your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle? Yeah, so my Instagram handle is uh, D-E uh, underscore Bajo, B-A-J-O underscore author. And my Twitter is at T-D-Bajo. 
And then what about your um, website? Where can we go to find that? Yeah, sure. So it's www.de-bagel.com forward slash books. Nice. And we can order directly from there? You can, yeah. Well, there's links to all the main stores, but it's it's pretty much on most of the online stores now anyway. So, yeah, it's widely available. And then I heard you say something about subscribers. Don't think I didn't hear that. So what, what, what can we can subscribe to? Is it a blog? What is it? Well, uh, it's a newsletter essentially, but nice. as part of that, I like to give back. So I've released, uh, I'll be giving out like things like audio books, um, when before the book came out, I did a little giveaway. Uh, a few people got got copies, e copies of the book, and uh, there's a lot of character art that I've developed. So if you go onto my Instagram or my website, you'll see that I've um, put a lot of characters. Uh, I want I wanted to not only produce something written, I also wanted to make a visual. So there's a lot of art that you can see there. So it's, it's interesting for people to to have a look at that and. Yeah, a lot of days, a lot of snippets from from books, excerpts, and things like that. So, yeah. For the art, did you have somebody commission? Like, you commission someone to do it? Or gotcha. I did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've I've just tried to to go all out basically, um, and try and try and build this community. And I think these days, a lot of people they're more inclined to look at something visually rather than read something. Uh, so that is like an enticement for them really. So that's what I've decided to do. And I've done, I think six characters so far. So yeah, check it out. Man, you've got a whole bunch of stuff that you could really put together to help folks that are doing self-publishing because I've learned so much just now, like about your marketing, Seriously. about artwork, about get, like all of this, the fact that you're able to get it out on every single platform you can think about, like that's what's up. Really yes, cool. it's been a it's been a, a steep learning curve, but <laughs> like I said earlier, once you're determined and you know you have to get it done, because success or failure is solely on my shoulders. So it's in my best interest to see it done and to see it done correctly. So I've just you know focus hundred percent and then done everything I need to do just to get it out there. So yeah. I think I should start a course or something. No, that's what I was <laughs> For about real? to say. Yeah. No, 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 no. So that's why I, I, I didn't want to like, I'm not going to push this man, but that's <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, yo, you've already laid out like five or six steps. If you put that into a course, I know people would want that. Like, that's so Seriously, helpful. yeah. Yeah, I, I have been considering it actually. I really have. But I think because I'm still learning, so that's probably my, uh, my tradition of, of doing it. But I think eventually that might be something that I, I might get myself into. Well, you know, no shade to some authors, but self-publishing gets like a wide range of authors. So some come in and they're like super professional, like you on top of it, they got all this stuff laid out. Then other folks are like slapping together books with like one draft and then they don't do like any real editing and they push it out there. And like, they're into this quick thing. Like they're like, Hey, I got 10 books out in a year, which is amazing. And props mm. to them because they're getting mm. their work out there and people getting to know their work. But like, it's very different. Like I got to hear an excerpt from the book and they made me even more excited to dig into it. And I was like, man, this brother's got it together. Like this is professional. Like this is, so to me, it's like, this is no different than a traditionally published book. He's just doing it himself. 
He about yeah. to keep all this money himself too. That's what's up. For real. <laughs> that's, 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 you hit the nail on the head. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Man, I know. I remember when I was looking into it, I was like, wait, what, what percentage did you get from traditional? <laughs> Ooh, this, this is low. Can we at least get to 10%? Like, what my, my percentage at? The creative control has to also be an appeal, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I think for me, that was the most important. So regardless of, of the money and everything else, it was having creative control. Because I I sort of got the impression that with traditional, I may, I may be completely wrong, but I think that there's a lot of influence and even things like the cover of your book, you really don't have 100% say in how you want it to be. So I think as, as a creator or, you know, artist or whatever you want to call it, um, just to, to be able to control that, that aspect of your book is so important for me anyway. So that's another, or was another deciding factor for me getting self-published. Nice. All right, so make sure to put that in the, um, the class that you're offering. So get off that. <laughs> Ooh, I should be taking notes right now. <laughs> no, for real, man. Well, we appreciate having you on. This is really cool. Yeah, thank yeah, you no, so Thank much. you very much for having me. It's been, been a pleasure. Stay tuned for more heroes. You can find us on social media at Afronauts Pod. See you next time.